0: Harleys are really reliable motorcycles. Did you just speak English? Loud pipes make you safer. What? Cryptocurrency is a solid investment. What? Trickle-down economics is the best way to grow the economy. I mean, I think that there's a lot of evidence that the trickle-down economics did not cause wealth to come down to the lower and middle class. The number of Jews killed in the Holocaust is way less than five to six million as reported by the Nitzker Project. What the fuck? I am not gonna tolerate Holocaust denialism. Bad, bad, bad motorcycle. Bad, bad, bad. Welcome to 16 and Pregnant, wink, I'm Alex. I'd like to talk in depth today about wobble, which is an industry term for an instability that originates from the front of a bike. Wobble has a variety of colloquial terms which you might be more familiar with, including head shake, shimmy, tank slapper for the way that it can cause your handlebars to violently smack against your tank, speed wobbles, death wobble, the Harley death wobble, Harley wobble, the wibble wobble. Like counter steering, a lot of motor vloggers and motorcycle resources have taken stabs at this topic, but I found most of them providing incomplete or kind of generic advice. Don't overreact, stay calm. Like, if the front end starts to wobble, don't freak out and slam the brake. So you're telling me in an emergency, I shouldn't just close my eyes and lock up both tires in a panic? Wow, you must be the Bear girls of motorcycles. In this video, I'm gonna talk about the mechanics of wobble, recovering from it in the moment, and some advice on how to start troubleshooting the cause of chronic wobble, and we're gonna learn how to do the wobble. It's like the new electric slide. One, two, three, four, other side. Wait. Holy shit, I, I never thought I'd actually forget how to do the Macarena. Oh, thank Christ. Before we dive headfirst into the cold and unfeeling waters of motorcycle mechanics, we got to make sure that we understand some important terms. You can't have any pudding if you don't eat your meat. Yes, you. Rake is the angle of your motorcycle's head in relation to the ground. A higher rake angle generally increases stability at higher speeds, but makes cornering harder. This is why sport bikes look like this, and cruisers look like this, and why I want a car with doors that open like this And not like this. Trail is the distance between the center of the front tire's contact patch on the road and the point where an imaginary line passing through the center of the headstock axis meets the ground. And torque is a twisting force that causes rotation. With that cleared up, let's answer what causes a motorcycle to wobble and why isn't the bike able to correct itself? While riding your motorcycle, there are forces that push the front tire to naturally wobble at a consistent frequency. This is called the natural frequency of the front tire. And most of the time, the other dampening forces prevent you from feeling or seeing it. Wobble is an instability created when an irregularity accelerates the front wheel to one side. We'll call that irregularity a kick for now, just for simplicity. After the wheel turns, a restoring torque created from the trail accelerates the wheel back to the other direction with enough force to overcorrect for the initial kick. Once the wheel pushes past the straight ahead position, there's another restoring force created which leads to this pendulum-like wobble back and forth. If there's enough dampening forces, the bike can correct the wobble for you. The same way a swinging pendulum will eventually come to rest due to dampening from the air resistance and friction from the point the pendulum is pivoting. However, if the kick matches the natural frequency of the front tire, It amplifies the torque multiplicatively on each swing, leading to a full-blown tank slapper. A simple way to visualize this is pushing someone on a swing. Pushing at the wrong moment creates a dampening effect. The swing won't go very high, but if you push with the natural frequency of the swing, they'll go higher and higher until they eventually flip. On a motorcycle, the natural conclusion of an undampened wobble is a high side. (sighs) we did it, homies. We got there. We got through the hardest part. Feel free to check the comments after this video to see what aspects of that explanation I totally fucked up. Now that we got through the boring stuff, let's talk about what everyone is probably actually here to see. Recovering from acute wobble. Recovering from a wobble that comes out of seemingly nowhere is what most people are looking for when searching for information about tank slappers. And it's also the point where most motovloggers just give a half-assed or anecdotal information. There are a variety of situations where your bike might experience sudden and dramatic wobble. Potholes. Bumps. Painted lines, high speed, and coming down from a wheelie wrong are all some of the most common causes. If your bike starts a sudden wobble, the most provably effective strategies are to increase dampening. The first way to do this is by leaning forward on your motorcycle while maintaining consistent speed. This changes the center of mass on the bike forward, which alters the stability of the bike to change the front tire's natural frequency. This leads to incorrect timings of the kicks and quickly increases dampening. Changing speed, either increasing or decreasing, also changes the kick frequency to get the bike out of the danger zone. But make sure you do it slowly. Slowing the bike down puts additional force on the front tire and can amplify wobble or reduce traction. Of course, the generic advice of don't panic is always good, but changing your lane angle was the only demonstrable and verifiable action I found that could resolve a wobble quickly in the moment. There are a lot of other miscellaneous advice out there being preached by supposed mechanics, motovloggers, and bloggers, but very little of it seems to be backed up by data or demonstration. Once the wobble's corrected and you're back under control, return to your standard riding position to confirm the wobble doesn't return. Then you can accelerate to higher speeds and confirm a wobble doesn't develop. But if it does, congratulations! You are the proud new parent of a consistent wobble. (laughs) Fixing consistent wobble. As we discussed earlier, and to generalize the cause of wobble, it's that there's an imperfection in the balance of your bike. You're probably thinking, wow, that's super generic and unhelpful, because there are like a million things that could imbalance my bike. Yeah, that's kind of my point. There are literally thousands of potential causes, and without having shop equipment and significant familiarity with troubleshooting these types of problems, you might not be able to diagnose the issue yourself. What you can, and should do though, is to try and resolve the most common causes prior to taking to a shop and making it their problem, especially if it's sudden onset wobble. Simple stuff. Check your tires, make sure they're in good condition. Confirm air pressure is to the tire specifications. Ensure there's no damage on the tires. Double check the wheels for dents, damage, uneven spin. Examine the bottoms of the tires for anything you might have ran over or gotten stuck in the tires. If your wheels are spoked, make sure they're tightened and adjusted correctly. Are your wheels mounted and balanced correctly? Did the little weights that go in the wheel fall out? Have you added any accessories to your bike recently? If so, remove them and test it out. This is especially true for heavier or larger accessories like saddlebags, windshields, fairings, or even clothing could be the cause of increased instability. If you have saddlebags, did you pack them differently or unevenly? Did you recently have any work done on the suspension or frame? Changing the stiffness of your suspension dramatically affects stability. How do your forks look? Did you come down especially hard after a wheelie and maybe cause some structural damage? Alright, I just gave you a whole laundry list of shit to go check on, so that should get you started. Now, if you checked all that and you're taking advice from me, it probably means you are not a mechanic and don't have a friend with a shop, so you should probably just give it up and take it to a professional. If you're too cheap to do that and really want to go down a rabbit hole, Here are a few other videos I found that dug into the more complex issues of wobble. Wait, hold on, wait. I hear some of you thinking, what about a steering dampener to fix my wobble? Let's close out on this topic. A dampener is a pretty simple way to reduce wobble. In fact, a lot of higher CC street bikes come with them. Since we understand the foundation of what causes wobble, we know that a dampener doesn't fix the underlying instability. It masks it, which is an important distinction. Some motorcycles develop a wobble at high speeds without any specific defect or cause simply due to the design and the rider. If this is the case, then a dampener can be an effective way to prevent wobble at those higher speeds. However, if your bike has developed an acute wobble or a wobble or riding within speed limits, it's a sign that something is significantly reducing the stability of your bike. You could get a dampener to correct the problem, but I'd really encourage you to root out the cause and resolve that first, as whatever the root cause of the issue, it could get worse and put you at serious risk while riding. Wow, what an amazing video. Now if the mechanics of wobble that I was talking about isn't totally clear to you that's okay. What you're gonna want to do is just rewind this video back to that part and watch it again but this time concentrate. Actually if you're really interested in learning the nitty-gritty aspects of motorcycle stability and not just this watered-down simplified almost to an inaccurate version that I just gave, the primary source for much of this information was a book called Motorcycle Handling and Chassis Design by Tony Fole. This book goes into extreme depth and detail on the art and science of designing a motorcycle. It's very technical, but also fascinating in how he's able to break down a lot of these complex concepts. If you like this video, go ahead and download it to your computer and then re-upload it, unedited to your YouTube channel, and pretend that you made it. Oh, I'm not giving you permission to do that. I've just seen that a few times now. If that sounds like too much work. You could like and subscribe to this video. Uh, you could check me out on Twitch. I still do streaming. As always, right fast, take chances. As you know about me, I want nothing more than to improve the lives of my fellow man. So here, I present Alex's guacamole recipe. Put kittens on there. Step one, make yourself a drink. Fuck, I forgot ice cubes. Step two, get all the shit you need. You're gonna need two, large avocados. If you don't know how to pick an avocado, good news. They tell you when soft. One lime, one jalapeno, one roma tomato, one onion. I recommend yellow. Some people make it with red. I don't really like the super oniony flavor, so I go with yellow or white. A bunch of cilantro, garlic. I use this minced shit, but you can also crush it up yourself. Ground cumin. Salt and pepper. You don't need this fancy ass shit. You can just use any shit. For tools, you'll need a cutting board, chopping knife, something to mash it with. You can always use a spoon. I use this potato masher. One of these bad boys to make sure you scoop it all out. Optional. And finally, a decent sized bowl. Now that we got it all set, first thing you're gonna do, is you're gonna cut up your avocados. Easiest way to do that, I find, is to have them. They're super soft and easy. Pit boy out. And scrape out all your cot ca- your goodness. Probably should use a spin for this. Cool. Next. Oh that guy plopped right out perfect. Next. Half your lime. Squeeze that lime. Get it good and limey. Save that for a drink later. So now we got slimy, limey guac. Next, take your cumin, pour a shit ton into there. Get it good and covered. See, probably like a tablespoon or so. This is kind of giving it that uh, that taco smell and flavor. Add more or less for your taste. Next, get your minced garlic. Assuming you like garlic, a lot of that shit in there. Probably like a good tablespoon and a half, yeah. Get some of your salt in there. Probably do a half a teaspoon to a teaspoon of salt. Again, nice and covered. And same thing. Fair amount of black pepper. Probably, uh, probably a couple pinches of pepper. All right. Now we mix and mash. All right. And now, assuming that you didn't put too much lime in there, you've got some. You got the starter guac, pretty thick, ready for the rest of our stuff. You don't need to overly pulverize it. The little chunks are fine. Next, we get our onion. We're gonna use about half an onion. Get rid of all this garbage on the outside, all this brown shit. And then my buddy Abe showed me this. Gonna cut an onion, basically just flour it. Leave the the rind on. And then what you do is you chop down like that. Don't want your onions too thick. If you start crying, don't be a little bitch. About there is probably fine. Now I don't actually like onions on most things, or I haven't at least until recently. So, but that's about as much onion as I use. That was actually a pretty big ass chunk because I kind of equals about to about a half cup of onions. Then, your Roma tomato. You are actually a little bitch. You can cut it into quarters. Biggest thing with the Roma is we don't want to get all this juicy watery shit in there because we want our guac to be thick. So, you go ahead and cut out the centers of all these. Otherwise, you're gonna get some watery ass guac. Notice I don't clean up my workspace between shits. It's because we're not inefficient. And just dice these bad boys up. we find just three per side is pretty good enough for decent sized chunks. Some most guacamole recipes are gonna tell you, use a little bit of cilantro. They're gonna say, go like that. You know, put that much cilantro in. Nah, man. Key to good guacamole is the whole fucking bunch. That's how much cilantro we need. And you don't wanna over-chop it. You just wanna get it enough so that there aren't any major, kinda huge-ass stems in there. Stems aren't really great. You mainly wanna take that stuff out because you mainly just want the leaves. You know, it's like marijuana. You don't want a lot of seeds and stems. All right, now we pulled the stems out. If you get some stems, it's not a huge deal. It's the beauty of my guacamole is it doesn't require being hyper precise. There we go. Lots. Lots of cilantro. Finally, the jalapeno. Pro tip, never cut a jalapeno before. Or if you just don't want to burn yourself and you accidentally scratch your eyeball later, use a glove. If you're hardcore and you like spicy, leave this all in and chop this up. If you don't like spicy, if you, if you want, like, this is like the ultra spice mode, okay? The regular way that I do it is by removing the seeds. And I use this much. If you don't like spicy, just use half of one. If you, if you can't handle this, there's a fucking problem. And then dice these bad boys up. Right. Here we go. Now we mix it up finally. There you have it. Bomb ass fucking guacamole. And then make sure you clean up all your fucking shit before your wife comes home and screams at you. Total cost fucking like $10.